Proverbs chapter 4. First nine chapters are littered with the phrase, my son. These are the lessons he's going to teach him, the principles of wisdom that he wants his son to apply in chapters 10 through 31. So we've been looking at some of those. Tonight is another one I call the doctrine of two ways or two paths. Proverbs 4, beginning in verse 10. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. That's a bracket in this paragraph. The way is verse 11 and also verse 19. And there's many other synonyms that are in this passage um, like road and path and way. All are very, very similar. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. That's in verse 12, verse stum- the word stumble, 12, 16, and 19, important. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her. Circle the two pronouns. We'll go back to it. For she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. and Do not walk in the way of the evil. There's the two contrasting. Verse 11, the way of wisdom. Verse 14, the way of evil or wickedness. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Here's the reason why. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone, second time, stumble. Second reason. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But in contrast to that, see, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they, third use, stumble. Wisdom Wars, that's what we've included, we've titled this series because it's a war and you need to really approach Proverbs in that way. I think it's helpful and you need to approach parenting that way because did you know today everyone in this room and all of your children chose paths today? You chose and decided in so many different little ways mainly the wisdom that you would use to navigate life, to make decisions. And so in our text today, um, we're going to talk about two roads. The first slide is a little section of a pair, or I should say a poem that maybe you're familiar with. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one that was less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Every day we have the choice, the easy road, the way of the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the wicked, or the way of the wisdom of God. And they diverge, not in a wood, but in our lives, every single day. And we're confronted with multiple choices about how we'll face that wisdom. And I, will t- I would tell you this up front tonight, that the way that you live your life, and that would mean how you lose your temper, and the anger that you demonstrate over frustration, over small irritations, 
the lack of forgiveness that you show, um, the lack of giving someone the benefit of the doubt, um, the conflict that so, comes so easily when you don't get your way at work, the way that you deal with your children, often with a lack of patience for their sins or shortcomings or failures, all of those things and many, many more, all reveal what path that you are on. And so tonight you have to keep in mind as we look at this that you're supposed to look at yourself, uh, not point out what others might be or what path they're on, but honestly take an evaluation of your own self and ask, the decisions I made today, maybe this year so far, and maybe even back further into last year, what does my life and the decisions I make, and I would say this, the daily decisions that I make, what do they reveal about the path or the wisdom that I actually use? I want to, as way of an outline, um, so that you can remember it, that we're going to look at three things about the path or the way of wisdom. One, wisdom is personified. Remember I had you circle those little pronouns? We've said this before, but it's described, and especially, we'll get there, in chapter 8 and 9, uh, lady wisdom or woman wisdom. And there's a reason for that because he's talking to his son and he wants to mentor him and he wants wisdom to his son to be very attractive, like he would see a beautiful woman or a godly woman that he would want to uh, spend time with. He wants wisdom, the right kind of wisdom, to be attractive. But we also know that the wrong kind of wisdom is also very attractive. And so lady wisdom or woman wisdom is not the only one mentioned, the only woman Mentioned in Proverbs, there is the immoral woman, the ungodly woman, and numerous other ones. Um, that are, and they're also attractive if you have that kind of heart. Because wisdom and the path we choose comes from a certain kind of heart, a character of heart. The passage following our text tonight is the one that you know far better, which says, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. So what, so what we're saying tonight is this. Here's a context of what your heart produces on the outside. And you're going to see tonight what you really love, who you really embrace. Is it lady wisdom or the woman of the world? So personify. Wisdom is personified. Um, guard her, it says, and she, for she is your life. So I'm going to say something, and then I want to show you something about Jesus. First and foremost, let me tell you this, um, that wisdom is not abstract, although there are parts of it that seem that way. It is something that can be taught. It is something you learn. It is something that you can study. It is all of those things because those are the commands given in Scripture about learning it, receive it, listen to me. But I want you to know tonight that when you choose the path that you're on and your children choose the path that they're on they are not just following some sort of style of life or some sort of thought process or even a wisdom framework although that's true see the path that you on you're on is the path either to jesus or away from jesus it's personified it's a person it's not just a precept it's not just a pattern it's not just a principle of life it's a person. So, with that in mind, when you get to the New Testament, let me show you some things about that if you'll turn the next one there. Jesus is God's wisdom. 
and there's no shortage of verses of the New Testament that go out of their way to tell you that about Jesus. He grew in wisdom. That was when, as a 12-year-old boy, he was with all the scholars in the temple, and he was answering their questions, and they were asking him things, and they were astonished at his wisdom. They couldn't believe at 12 how smart he was, biblically speaking. And it says he grew in wisdom, and that's important for us. When they, when, as an adult ministry, they said, where did this man get this wisdom? And then they said, because he speaks not as the scribes and Pharisees, but from his own authority. So Jesus spoke in a way and had a wisdom, and it was obvious that very few, if anyone else, ever had. One comment about Jesus in comparison, and now something greater than Solomon is here. Everyone in the Old Testament, in Bible times, in Jesus' day as well, knew that Solomon was the wisest man ever, by far. Jesus outdoes him. Notice the comparative, he's greater than that with Solomon. In whom, Paul goes on to say, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Our text that we're going to get to this coming Sunday, two of them, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. The one I highlighted at the bottom is a comparative statement to Jesus and the woman of wisdom. But notice, Jesus is saying, but wisdom is proved by, notice the pronoun, her deeds. Why her? Because Jesus wants you to take woman wisdom and the personification of it out of the Old Testament, and he wants you to think that his wisdom is that and more. That his wisdom that he's talking to you and demonstrating to them not just by what he says, but what he does. This is the wisdom God was referring to. So let me tell you this. I say all that to say this. See, tonight we're talking about in your life and in your children's life that the choices you make about what path you go by and what wisdom you make decisions on every day is a decision either to go toward Jesus or away from Jesus. I'll just, let me give you an example. You make your decisions about retirement. Those are decisions either that will take you toward Jesus or away from Jesus. The decisions you make about you and your family and your commitment to church and the worship of God and the service of God, those are decisions that you're making that take you either toward Jesus or away from Jesus. So I don't want you to get abstract and think wisdom is just a concept that I could take or leave. No, wisdom is Jesus. So what I'm really saying is, did you let Jesus be the center of your life when you made those choices today? When you make your choices about retirement and how you will spend the rest of your life and the years that God gives you. When you decide about when you're coming to church and if you're coming to church and what you will do in church and how invested. In, those are decisions about Jesus. They reveal your thoughts and your ideas and your concept of who he is and how important he is in your life. So wisdom is personified. But next, wisdom is preventative. And these last two, I, I hope you'll really pay close attention because I believe they are very crucial texts in the story of this Proverbs section tonight. Preventative. And by that, I mean this. Wisdom is twofold, okay? Wisdom will do one. Positively, it will keep you on the right path. Negatively, it'll keep you from the wrong path. Look what the text says. 
Verse 11, I taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. So when you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Do you see the danger? If you choose the wrong path and go down it, you are headed for things that will make you stumble. Obstacles. Difficulties that you don't need to face. And here's what the Bible says. If you listen to God's wisdom and you and your family make the right choices, see, here's what will happen. You will be on the right path. You will stay on the right path. You're going to have to work hard on it because the Bible says, hold on to it fast. Here's why. Like I said last time, because the other, the wicked way and everybody on it is trying to rip you from it. They're going to tell you that, ah, you don't need to be that committed. You don't need to be doing that. Oh, there's other things too that you got to do in life and you got to be balanced. And they use the balance word. See, here's what the Bible says. Wisdom is, it keeps me on the right path. But secondly, wisdom keeps you off the wrong path. Verse number 13. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let her go. Guard her. Guard her. For she is your life. Do you understand how vital it is every single day that you guard you and your children to stay on the right path? It is unbelievably crucial. What what has to happen to do that? Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Listen to this. Avoid it. Don't go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Do you see all the terms? It's not just, hey, toy with it. Um, Walk a little bit way down it. No, get away from it altogether. You see why the word guard was there before? Because that road is enticing. That road looks good, feels good, sounds good. And by the way, from Jesus' words, there are many people on it. He would say few are on the right road. Many are on the wrong road. Many. And you have to figure out every day when you go to work, you might be the only one on this path. Your kids are going to have to go to school every day and they might have to come to the conclusion that there are very few, if any, that are on this path. But here's what the Bible says. Avoid it. Don't go on it. Don't go down that path. Um, There is a little, I guess a quote. I'm going to quote it out of line, Steve, so... It's sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. I say that because every time you walk down a path, now, now watch, it's preventative. In other words, I'm trying to keep you off the, the path, right? There's a right one and, a, and, a, and in both instances of both paths, It says, walk down this one, but don't ever walk down that one. Do you have the discernment and skill? Because that's what wisdom is. Do your children, because you've taught them, do they have the skill and the ability to know the difference between those two? Because I'm going to jump ahead. Do you know that 
You know why it's important every single choice you make in life is? Because those choices are taking you somewhere. So does it matter what music they listen to? And if you monitor it, yes. Why? Not because you're some legalistic parent, because every choice matters. Everyone matters. Does it matter that you understand what they're doing on their Instagram and Facebook if you allow them to have it, and what they watch on, on TV and what they're doing on the computer? Does it matter? Of course it matters. Why? Because the decisions they're making now are fixing that character that they have, and out of that character or lack thereof, is the basis for the decisions that they're going to make. Wisdom is preventative. But let me give you a little window into looking at if you choose not to take that point seriously and choose to go down the wrong path and and let your kids go down those paths because you foolishly believe that somehow they're old enough to make decisions on their own. He says, verse 16, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. Those people who are on the wicked path because they are wicked, see, at the beginning, they were able to control their choices. At the very beginning of the path, and going down the wrong one, see, they were able to choose that path, and they were in control of it. But what happens after a while of going down the wrong path? Well, the words that are described in Hebrew here in these verses I just read for you, they describe someone who no longer is in control, someone who is obsessed, someone who is dominated by something they have to do. And in this case, it's evil. It says they can't sleep unless they do it. They're robbed of sleep. And and by the way, they're not just happy enough that they're doing wicked and they're going away from Jesus. They want to include someone else. And here's the horrible thing. That someone else they want to make stumble may be your child. (laughs) Maybe. And that's what happens on that path. You go down the path thinking that you can control it. And we often do as adults. And we think our teenagers can. But the longer you get down the path, the less likely it is that you can come back. And for sure that you can control it. And pretty soon, you don't know what to do with your teenager. You know why? Because they're controlled by it. And now they can't imagine ever not having social media privileges. And they can't imagine not being able to go out with so-and-so and and that girl. That They can't imagine that. Because they've been down that road so long, and now they can't eat, drink, and sleep it. And what are you going to do? Verse 17, for they eat the bread of wickedness. And drink the wine of violence. Well, you know what that means? This is what they eat. This is what they drink. This is what they sleep. Put that together. What is that a picture of? It's their life. It's taken over. It's what controls them and their lives. It's the path that they have chosen. It's a course that they're now following. And all those little decisions that they've made have now turned into a character and a lifestyle. And they all build on one another Can I tell you, which brings me to the third point, wisdom is progressive. Remember I told you how many synonyms were in this passage? Way, path, and you walk on it, you step on it, you go step by step, and then at times you run on it. 
Can I tell you this? Wisdom is progressive. It's not something that you ever arrive at. You don't say, well, that's enough for me. I don't need to read the Bible anymore. I've got it. No one ever comes to the place where you have enough wisdom or you have all wisdom or you don't need any more wisdom or you don't need to have the right kind of wisdom. It's, it's progressive in the text. Look at the words. It says you walk down them. It's the equivalent of the New Testament passages that say walk in the Spirit. You know why? Because it's progressive. Just like you in your, your sanctification, you're growing little by little every single day. So you walk in wisdom. See, I'm getting a little bit more of it every day. That's why some people say read a proverb every day of the month. You know why? Well, because it fits nicely. There are 30 days and you're... Th- no, that's not it. The idea is I need to digest wisdom every single day. We need it every day, and you, you have to come to that reality. Why? Because there are times on the path you walk, and you do it step by step. Step. That's normal. But then it says in the text, and when you run, when you run, because there are times on the path, there are emergency times, crisis times. It's not because only the bad, wicked path has all the obstacles. There are obstacles on the good path. But you totally face them differently when you're using the right wisdom. So there'll be times, but here's the point. It's progressive. I'm walking at it. Sometimes I'm running at it. But I'm making progress in it. Here's why. Because that's what wisdom is about. It's not just saying, hey, the crucial decisions, hey, when my kids get old enough to marry, then they'll choose to have a Christian doesn't work like that. You have to have that all the way growing up on the minor. Now, I'm supposed to tell you, everybody, Mackenzie has a little ring she has on. Got engaged this past week. That's where I was this past weekend. But I'm happy to say for her, close your ear. Death died of praise, died of criticism, right? Um, Mackenzie was a girl, always seemingly, always is over-exaggeration, wanted to follow she was easy. I wish all my children were that easy. I wish your children were that easy. Um, but early on, she wanted to do those things that were right. And that made it easy for her dad. And so when she picked Sam, or he picked her, or however that worked out, I felt really good about it, and I know it's really good because they both love the Lord. But I want to say in your family and mine, that doesn't happen by accident. It's by God's grace. It doesn't happen by accident. You know why? Because all the little decisions that you make every day, that's how the big event ones are made right. Two story. There was a man who was interviewed in jail. And he was telling about a time where he was in his dad's office when he wasn't supposed to be. Because his dad had told him that he had this really nice gold watch. He had put it in this drawer and he didn't want any of his children in there messing with it because it was so valuable. Well, his son couldn't resist, and one day when his dad was gone and all the other children weren't around, he went in the office, took the gold watch out, was looking at it, and thought he'd try to put it on. When he did, he dropped it, and it fell over on the, on the crystal under the floor and cracked it all the way down. You know what he said? I'm not telling anybody. I'm putting it back in the drawer, shut the drawer, didn't say a thing. Well, I think the very same day, his dad comes home, looks in the drawer, 
very upset. Now his watch is cracked. Lines up all the kids. This, this happened to you. It happened to me. Right? And, uh, and all, uh, we had Flintstone chewable vitamins, and my sister ate the whole bottle. And so my dad has the whole empty bottle. Who ate these? Well, no one answered. So we all got spanked. I didn't even eat any of them. My sister later said, I did it. But you know what he said? He, they all lined up these kids. No one said they got the watch out. No one. And so no one ever was blamed for it. Years later, as an adult, he's driving down a, raw, a, a, a dark road. A young man steps out into the road. He didn't see him. And he runs over him and kills him. You know what he did? In the interview, he said he fled the scene. It was an accident, but he ran. 30 years later, the interview, while he's still in jail, and they're asking him, why did you run? You probably wouldn't have gotten nearly the sentence at all, if anything. And he said, here's what he said. He goes, you know what the problem was? Not the day or the night on the dark road. That's not what did it to me. He goes, it was the watch. He goes, because what I did on the road was what I did with the watch, and every time I got in trouble in between. He goes, I covered it up, got defensive, and would never admit it. He goes, that's why I'm here today. And I listened to that interview, and I said, that is so true, isn't it? I mean, it's the little decisions that we make. You know why? Because they form habits. They form character in our lives or the lack thereof. And listen, the Bible says, here's what you have to do. Every day, you have to come to God's wisdom, even if there's not a direct rule about it, and use his wisdom to help you and your family make choices. And it matters. All of them matter. He says, because here's what happens. Wisdom is progressive. It is. Look what the Bible says in the text. It says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, verse 18. Here's what's supposed to be. You go down the right path, here's what it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Why? Because it's progressive. You're going down a road and you keep making the right decisions as a pattern. You keep doing what God wants you to do. You keep using his wisdom and not the cultures, not the wisdom around you, not what everybody else does. But you're using his. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter until someday it's completely light and the full day is dawn and you stand in front of them. God says, life is yours because you guarded yourself. She is your life. Now that life has fully blossomed into eternal life. Why? Because you made the decisions every day all along, mostly little things that you think that doesn't matter or nobody really cares, but that's what builds up to the big events in your life, he says. But in contrast, the way of the wicked, not light, complete opposite, it's like deep, deep darkness, deep Darkness. They don't know over what they stumble. And the word stumble three times, it means to fall, to be conquered, to be overthrown. They didn't realize going down this path further and further, it gets darker and darker and darker. And here's what it does. Can I tell you, here's what foolishness does. I wrote down on my text. Foolishness is trying to live 
in the darkness as if you can see. A couple times, when we used to have prayer on prayer week, it would start at 6 in the morning, and we would meet out here in the foyer. I don't know if you've been here long enough to remember coming to that. And it was very dark in January. And my wife would still be asleep, and my kids. And so I tried to be as quiet as I can and not bother or distract anyone, especially my wife. So I would try to I'd take a shower, I'd get everything ready, and I'd go in the closet, and I'd try to get ready in the dark. And so I'd get ready in the dark, and then I'd walk out the door. It's dark all the way over. I'd come in the church, I'd come in the light, and I look down, and I go, oh, my goodness. I thought those pants were black. Those aren't black, they're blue. And it, my outfit didn't even match at all. And I came in a couple times to prayer, and I had two different colored socks on. I go, what is that? I was, you know, I had to make an excuse. Yeah, I got to run home real quick. I forgot something. Well, I forgot how to dress, basically, because I didn't do it right. But you know what the problem was? It wasn't that I didn't know any better. I, I did. But you know what? I thought it was okay, but I was in the dark. I really couldn't see. And here's the thing. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Foolishness, foolishness, wickedness. Here's what it does. It doesn't connect the actions that you're doing with their consequences. Like the guy who's the husband who regularly looks at pornography and blames his wife because she's not attractive enough. (laughs) Crazy. See, it's his actions that's ruining his marriage. But somehow he has the ability not to see that, but to blame his wife instead. Is that crazy? But that's what happens when you go down the path. You know why? Darker and darker it goes. Ingratitude. You think it's not a big deal? You know why? Because you're trying to see in the dark. But that ingratitude, taking things for granted, it makes you move easily over to self-pity. And then it makes you be able to feel like you're entitled So when you don't get something at your job, someone doesn't quite treat your wife, and you think your wife or your husband or your kids should be this for you, and you don't get it, then it ruins your world. And the bottom drops out. You know why? Because you keep moving down a path into darkness, and it gets gets darker and darker and darker, and you have stumbled, and you have lost your way, and you've become bitter and unforgiving and angry. Why? Because every day, for days, weeks, months, years, you have learned and chosen to respond wrongly to the things that God has brought into your life, even the trials and the difficulties. It starts with complaining, and when you don't get your own way, which turns to slander, which is easy to revert to gossip, and darker and darker and darker. It's the person who is lazy at their work and does the minimal they can. They barely show up a couple minutes before they're supposed to start, and they leave as soon as they can. They do the minimal amount of work without any excellence. And then they blame their boss when they get fired. Oh, he was just mean and rude and terrible. I can't believe that guy. He had it for me out, out for me from the very beginning. See, that's what happens. They don't see that what they're doing is going to make them stumble. You have conflicts. You get defensive. You won't own up to it. It's easier to blame shift, to lose your temper and get angry. You don't respond rightly to 
problems in your life and you become afraid and that fear turns into anxiety and you get darker and that darkness of fear and anxiety turns into darker and darker depression and you move further and further away down the wrong path. Why? Because every day you're choosing to face fear your way, not God's. You're facing anxiety and all the struggles and the tension your way. And it leads to depression, and you throw your hands up, and it's hard to trust anymore, and you don't know where you're going, and the uncertainty is killing you. How does it happen? Daily decisions, little ones each and every day, and we have choices to make because the choices are taking us somewhere. The two paths have two destinations, and they're going somewhere. And by the way, and so are you. Everyone in here tonight is on a path One of the two, and it's going somewhere. Either to Jesus or away from him. You have to make that choice, but it's progressive. Tonight, you may be going down a path, and you've been stumbling, and you've been defeated, and it's starting to tear away at your marriage. It's starting to erode your character and your dedication to your family, to virtue, to morality, to God, to ministry. Here's what God would say. Hold on to the right path. Reverse your course. Go back and take hold of her. She is your life. The meaning is this, because if you don't, the other path is death. That's the idea. That's the wisdom. So tonight, if you're not preventing your children, please start. Please start teaching them the wisdom. We don't do that. This is not a path we go down in our family. We don't do that kind of stuff. You know, and it's progressive. We have to be doing it every day, every single day. Why? Because we love Jesus, and he is all the treasures of God's wisdom. Let's pray. Father, make us wise people. Not make us in an instantaneous, some sort of magical way. Make us that every day because we seek your face. We get in your word, which is wisdom. We show our dependence because we're here to to see you, to hear from you. It's so easy to let our feelings dictate, let our circumstances dictate, what other people say dictate our lives and our choices. But every day, every day, We make so many decisions, and so many of them we leave you out. And to leave you out is not to be, have no wisdom. It is choose the wrong wisdom, and with it the wrong path. Please, have mercy on us. Help us to see and have the wisdom as we discipline ourselves to go down the right path, For your glory and our good, we pray for Christ's sake, who is the wisdom of God for us. Amen.